Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. You know, no matter how you slice it, mm-hmm. every day that we come on, it's another day. It is indeed. I like how you, you're very thoughtful today. You're very thoughtful. <laughs> really, you know, you know yes. deep in very thought pensive, and emotion. Very pensive, yes. Um, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend. The, the big talk that I hear this morning, everyone's talking about, uh, do you remember that Hunter Biden just ad that was... Uh, like 50 of the former heads of the CIA and, and secretaries of defense saying that the um, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's funny because all of those people got jobs immediately in the Biden administration. But wait! Yeah, that's just a coincidence, Bill. There's probably more to this story than meets yours and my eyeballs. Now, apparently, someone came out. I haven't gotten the audio on it, but I do. A lot of people have come out lately, apparently. But anyway. They've they've actually come out and said, nope, uh, this wasn't really the case. It was a manufactured uh, defense, and it was manufactured by none other than our current Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. That's right. What were you thinking, Tony Blinken? That's right. He actually made this up. He actually got the story uh, together. Well, actually, they say that Biden suggested they do this, and Blinken put it together with the 50 different former heads of, uh, like I said, uh, the CIA and secretaries of defense, all of them coming out and saying that this is typical Russian disinformation and that the Hunter Biden laptop isn't a real story because it's not a real laptop. Well, you know, the Hunter Biden misinformation, Russia, Russia, Russia. This seems to be a common thread narrative that uh, goes back to Hillary. It was woven together. Even Barack has used it. I mean, come on, you know, Mm. guys, if you're going to do some creative writing, change the subject matter a little bit, change the characters and everything else. Because after a while, we can can smell the trail. Well, and it you know, smells back to you, and we know what you're writing. Well, the sad thing really is that when you think about it, if, if this is just coming out now, we're over two years into the Biden administration, and the damage that has been done to our country by this current administration is maybe irreparable. I mean, are we going to be able to put the, uh, the put it back into the bottle, I mean, so to speak? Oh, can we get all of the illegals that are in our country even with a full court press, and get them back to their country? I don't think so. Well, you can't change anything. And then it it, it bears the question, what else has been lied about? Was the insurrection lied about? Well, it looks like there was a good chance. Oh, wait, 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 though. You know, the voting machine, there was no fraud, no no error. And all, but all of a sudden, they win almost a billion-dollar judgment against Fox. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, but, you know, this was a company that was on the verge of bankruptcy. And before we ever said that it was, they should have never yeah. been in the United States used, there was already pin, they, they were pointed out for corruption. Alan Dershowitz said there never should have been a settlement here. There well, never, there, he said there has to be something more to this settlement that they're not telling us. Well, there probably is. And now the people that make the computer, because Dominion is software. Then you got the the hard frame, and they're going, oh, well, you know, it's our computer that was picked on. We want $1.5 billion. Everybody's going to come out of the woodwork. Rupert, you screwed yourself. Enjoy it. Well, because you and he, he should have never, 
Do you, do you think that Alan Dershowitz is right, though? Do you think that there is maybe more to the story they're just not making public? Maybe there's something else that they have on on Fox, or maybe if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, it's uh, a deal that was made in the back room and really has nothing to do with the facts. It was done by uh, people in the deep state who wanted it to end this way so that Fox would look like the bad guy, you know? Well, it could be. They say Fox will not change their political dealings, but they could have cut a deal with Fox. But let me tell you something. You make a deal with the devil, the devil never keeps his deal. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So if, they, if Fox was dumb enough to make the deal, sorry, and apologize to all your uh, your um, your news influencers. That's what news people are these days, whether mm. they're pro or they're not really, anti-Trump. They're, they're not journalists. They're not ju- no, they're, there's they're, no journalists like anywhere, you said, not even Fox. I'm sorry. Even Tucker's a good guy, but he's not. Well, he doesn't claim know, to be a journalist. He claims to be uh, a commentator. You know? Okay, there's a difference. There is a difference. What's really bad is when guys get out and claim to be journalists and are, like you say, influencer. Uh, that's a much better term because guys like Jake Tapper, Jake mm-hmm. Tapper is on CNN. He's he's truly an influencer, not a journalist. Although I'm sure he would uh, stand up and say he, he'd be indignant if you uh, if you said he was an influencer. Yeah, and you know what is a news influencer? Well, let me break it down for you. In the world of news, you could just report the news as you're supposed to do. Man, that is so boring and plaza. Yeah, nobody. The attention span of the American public is short and small. And they, with that said, you've got to sit there and have a story that's going to, the headline is going to go, what, what, what? It's got to be sensationalism. And then your meat to that piece of bone that you just threw out there better have some more sensationalism on it, which means you got to fabricate what you got and turn it into something that it's not. So you're you're actually saying that in this world we live in today, it's not good enough just to report the news because every day the news isn't always interesting. So, you've so got- you turn it into a mini soap opera yeah. or mini drama. That's what they're doing. Yeah, there's, I agree. There's, an, there's, a, there's a shift out there writing this script. And that's why he's so important to the Democrats in the Congress because he was, well, he was not a very well accepted you know, screenwriter in Hollywood, but no, he wasn't. I don't think he was accepted at all. But I can't, I can't really criticize him on that because I I write screenplays too. But I have to tell you that uh, if there's any consolation, I can I can say this with any shadow of a doubt that I've had stuff that I've sent to Hollywood. You've won awards. I've had it stolen too. I've, yes, I have won awards, but I've also had some of my work stolen. Yeah, one of them stolen uh, not too long ago. So it, it, gives, it gives me great pleasure to say that if you send your stuff to Hollywood, uh, no matter if you have a copy written or not, uh, there's a good chance that someone is going to say, look, at the, let's just change the name of his characters and uh, change the, uh, uh, it takes place in Pennsylvania. Well, we'll have it take place in like uh, Georgia. I mean, that's really, it. you know, and that's there, all they there are have to rewrite do. programs out there, AIs that can take whatever you wrote and submit. Yes, and they go, "Oh, this is a great." Have you read this? All oh, that's well, you don't, We ought to film it. That's we'll a very rewrite it. That's a very good point, Bill. There are software programs coming out right now that you can literally dictate a uh, an outline of a story. It will then generate a screenplay, and they're kind of simplistic right now. But they're only going to get better. And I they, can turn you on to people right now that they're low budget 
And, you know, there are actors out there that will work on the, you know, uh, on the come. Oh, they'll work on they speculation, might, yeah. Yeah, the speculation. There are directors out there, too, that want to make a noise. And guess what? Mm-hmm. You can have a no-budget film. And there's one being filmed in the neighborhood right now that with the guy that was doing it that actually had a clue about five or six years ago mm-hmm. died. And so the guy that owns everything is doing it now. He's kind of gone woke with it, but he's he's filming it for nothing. He goes, oh, I don't pay you anything, uh, but you, you get to be in this movie. Yeah. You know how many people have come out of the woodwork and you can sit oh, there ton. and go, yeah, well, you know, all you have to person. do, all you have to do, is say to him, "Look, it. I'll give you a copy of the, uh, of the, the video, the, the video, and you can have it for your resume. You can use it to, to help sell yourself." And so a lot what of we're pe- trying to say is, if you have a good story, don't sit there and give it to some schmuck in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, go ahead and self-produce because. But you know where it's going, Bill? You mentioned AI a second ago. Yeah, listen, listen to this. They are talking right now about, I heard Elon Musk say this, that they're going to be able to uh, create movies, complete movies internally in the computer. All of the visuals, all of the acting, everything will be done in the computer. They'll be making movies and you won't even need actors. How's that? Do you know who Morgan Freeman is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. This video that came out over the weekend is on social media. Uh, media. You know, where he comes up and he goes, you know who I am. Mm-hmm. What do you? You know, I sound like, I look like, I could be. But what if I told you I wasn't? Basically, what they were selling and getting you prepped for this video that's yeah. about two minutes long is the fact that he was computer generated. They took his image. They took his voice, sampled it. And now that computer can sit there and make him say anything that they want to and now I told hey, you about that a while back with with scripts for radio. You they miss were, you miss um, the Three Stooges or Laurel and Hardy or all those guys who have been long since gone. Well, yeah. you might see them again because they may take their visuals from back in the '30s and '40s, put them into a computer, and start generating new movies with those characters. We have a partner, not in this, but that we worked with on other things. And he even mentioned that for radio one time. Boy, I wish I had been around to record all these great guys that were the guys that pretty much, you know, gave well, the pattern as to what, what current did, radio is all about. What did you tell me about someone wanted to take your voice? For commercials, yeah, tell, and, and, tell, and do that. Tell the people about that, Bill. That's amazing. What they wanted to do is it was a decent amount of money, but not a great amount of money. Right. But they wanted, uh, it was 25 to 50 pages of script, depending, that they wanted. And then I sat there and I said, well, simple math says I'm not getting a per-page copy. You know, in other words, if I want $350 a page right, and 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 maybe some residual money, forget right. it. That, that wasn't going to happen with that deal. Right. Whereas, you know, what they were offering basically would have given me 35, 40 bucks a page. You're probably going, you won't read one page of copy that takes 60 seconds? For that, well, I know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I know how it works in advertising. Listen to, listen to this, folks. Listen to what so, they were going to do with his voice. They were going to take it, and they were going to put it into the computer, and then that way, for future ads, and I couldn't do anything about it because I'd sign away the rights if I did it, uh, they were going to use it for commercials. So that if somebody, a client came up and said, oh, I like that voice right there. You know what? 
He can read any script you want, any way you want. He even speaks foreign languages. Yes. Instantly. Instantly. And you, you could walk up to, oh, you're the guy, in, uh, and you could talk to me in Portuguese, and I'd be looking at you sideways going, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but it, you know, I I just sat there and said. So every commercial in the future that you would have heard that you would have thought was Bill Knight could have been uh, this artificial intelligence. But here, let me ask you a question. How many times have you had somebody walk up and go, hey, you know, I've heard you on the radio. I, oh, I think I, I heard know. you in D.C. Yeah. And, and, and I go back and I go, well, maybe when I was the Culligan man or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, you might have heard me. But other than that, I don't know, you know. Um, but what's to say somebody that goes, you know, a lot of voices are close or similar. They're, they're guys that sure. have, have this voice and probably ten times better than me. And good for you, but neither one of us are going to be able to do anything with this voice very soon because they could sit there and hear that voice and just say, give me about 15 so, minutes of that voice, capture it without your permission. What he said is in, he was told to do 25 pages, right? That's what they needed right. for this uh, AI. That gets all your articulation. It's not going to take 25 pages. No, it in, in, a- in, it's going to take maybe a, a, Sometimes it'll take a paragraph. Yeah. You know, and that's all the computer will need to mimic you. And like There's, and he's talking right now about Bill's talking about audio. What we're also talking about, we were talking about a few minutes ago was they're gonna be able to do it with video too. Like if you have a screenplay, I have a screenplay that uh, part of it takes place in eighteen sixty three in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, right? Hmm? The computer will generate that whole scene. It will create characters to act it out. And before you know it, you won't be able to tell the difference. You'll look and you'll say, my goodness, that looks just like, that look, well, it can't be. But the computer will be that good. Most of the war pictures, uh, sci-fi movies, the, the action things, even, you know, series where they go, oh, wow, they shot this all over the world. No, they shot it in a warehouse that was a green room. Yep. And, you know, the actors had to. Yeah, that's going to be the Eiffel Tower right back there off that way. So, And they might put a little mark so you know what, what you're, which way you're looking to talk to a person with the Eiffel Tower in the background. It's not there. They put all that stuff in post-production. Yeah. And then when you see it, you're going, wow. <laughs> I wish I would, really would have got to shoot it there, but yeah, I wasn't there. That's true. And that's how they do that stuff. But now, you know, they can animate the whole thing if they want to. Which, you know, you wonder sometimes if it happens in politics, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, if they can do it for films, can they do it for news stories? Absolutely. You could make up a story. So you could have an explosion somewhere that didn't take place. Mm -hmm. You you could have uh, a riot take place that doesn't really take place. So the thing is, can can we trust our own eyes nowadays? No, you can't. It's, um... Uh, I'm not saying they're doing this now, but I'm not saying they're not. Uh, you'd have to be the hey, judge of that. Go to our website and look at the uh, the, the link that we have in there for uh, Joe Biden scratching his neck. Oh, yeah. What does it say? Is it um, is it loose skin or a mask? I think is how it's. Yeah. Uh, and it sure looks like it's a mask. And, and so I guess what we're saying is that can, you probably can't trust too much of anything anymore. Nah. You, you know? really can't. 
I mean, if, if these guys can think about this, if Joe Biden can encourage Tony Blinken to get 50 former uh, deep state uh, intel people to go along with that ad and, and pretend that uh, Hunter's laptop was a Russian disinformation op, if, if, if that can happen and... And even and Trump comes out on the stage and says, and you're trying to make it another Russia, Russia, Russia. And and Biden has the audacity to look into the camera and say, yes, I am. When he knew as a, as a matter of fact that the defense that he was putting out there was generated by himself and Tony Blinken. It was a lie. Yeah. Well, keep this number in mind. 80 to 90 percent of Democrats do not want Joe Biden to run for president, but he announces tomorrow that he's running. Over 70 percent of Republicans are all in support of Trump running. Right. They might go, well, you know, the Democrats have more people. That may be true. That may be wrong. you got independents out there. Mm-hmm. you got people, I'm trying not to sneeze, uh, that will sit there and not give you the right answer because they're going, I'm not going to play into this game. And you've got the media that, you know, if they don't like the survey they, they get uh, or they don't get anyone taking it, mm-hmm. they'll make up the number. You know, you make up the number. They make up the news. Why can't you make up those numbers? They well, do. Well, this is a very uh, sad time that we're living in because we're not being told the truth as, as a general, you know, matter of fact. And, uh, you know, along the same lines, but not necessarily the same story, we were talking about uh, the corruption in the election, which was poo-pooed away by these lying 50 uh, uh, people who endorsed the ad with their picture. Now, I guess some of them are saying, well, we really didn't see what the heck was going on. We just went along with it because they said, that's doesn't cover it, pal. If you put your face and your endorsement out there, you should have known what the heck. You're guilty by association. You should have known better. You got it right. But then there's the other topic, side by side. By the way, they're talking about impeachment now, and it's about friggin' time. You know, I mean, if they can impeach Trump twice for nothing, we've got two major things at least that Biden has done. I think there's more. Since being president, the abandonment of our southern border by itself and the fentanyl problem that we currently have is on him. I think the Afghanistan uh, exit is on him. I think being involved in a war we have no business being in right now, whether you support it or not, you may have a little blue and yellow flag on your on your desktop and feel all so patriotic, but yet why are we there? And what's the end game? Have they told you yet what the end game is in the Ukraine? Is it going to be winning the war in the Ukraine? Is it going to be going into Russia and taking Putin? What's the end game? They haven't told us. All they've told us is they need more of your money. Your money. All right, let me ask you a question. Uh, what does the Ukraine need to help fight the war that we're short of? It's not anywhere around um, the Ammunition. World. Artillery shells, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns out there's a stockpile of a million-plus shells sitting in South Korea, which said they're not going to help the Ukraine. And, you know, North Korea's going, oh, you better not. We'll fire a nuke. Mm. Well, the, South Korea said, you know, we have that million-plus stockpile of shells. Ukraine really needs it. I guess we're going to rethink it and give it to them. 
Thank you. You know, wow. we've covered your butt for so long. Now, you think you're helping us out when you got a warmonger sitting right there at your border that's going, I'll fire the damn nuke at you and everybody yeah. else, and China will be there to back him up? Thank you. But see, the, Thank you. there's so much going on right now, and you almost, it's not if we're going to have World War Three. It's, it's when, not going to be our decision. It's when we're going to have World War III. I mean, it truly, some people will say that we're actually in it right now. We just don't know it. We well, you know, the war in the Ukraine, you can say it's between the Ukrainians and the Russians, but in all honesty, it's between the United States and Russia. We're in that war right now. Yeah, and you know what? Joe doesn't make any decision, do anything, unless he's getting paid to do it, meaning that when we when when he sold the stockpiles the strategic oil uh reserves yeah he got he got money for that and don't think he didn't because that's been proven well he got money for that he's got money off the you know our failing power grid he's got money for i tend to say he got money out of afghanistan and the withdrawal and and everything there for the arms which leads to our next story biden family corruption uh, James Comer, Representative James Comer, was on with Maria Bartiromo, right. and uh, he had a lot to say about about the Biden family. Listen. Joining me right now to get to the bottom of it this Sunday morning uh, with more in an exclusive interview is House Oversight Committee Chairman Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, good to have you this morning. Welcome. Good morning. What can you tell us about your latest findings and the Biden family receiving money from adversaries? Well, we went into Treasury after a long battle to have access to those Treasury reports, uh, thinking that uh, there was a certain number of suspicious activity reports, the number that had been previously reported, and we thought that there were two or three Biden family members that would be implicated in these bank violations. Uh, nearly three weeks later, we walk out of Treasury, uh, having read, poured over thousands of pages of documents, and I can tell you that uh, there were more suspicious activity reports than had been previously reported, and many more Biden family members that were involved in the influence peddling scheme. We now have nine and counting Biden family members who are zinged by at least one bank for receiving suspicious wires from our adversaries around the world. So in other words, adversaries and including China sent money directly to, to Biden family members into their accounts? There's the key, Maria. They sent money to these LLCs that the Biden family members created. Now, that's another aspect of this. We went in thinking there were around a dozen LLCs uh, through our informants and through our research over the past year and through other investigative reporting. We thought there were around a dozen of these LLCs that were created by Biden family members to disguise or launder uh, where the, the source of the revenue was coming from. Uh, but there are many more LLCs. There are many more Biden members, Biden family members, many more LLCs, and many more countries that were involved. I'll say this, China was probably the most reputable country that the Biden family was dealing with. And the question remains, what were these family members doing to receive this money?
Right. There, there's no rhyme or reason for some of these Biden family members uh, to, to receive any type of payment from our adversaries around the world, much less the, the number that we've uncovered, and we're still digging through these bank violations. That's unbelievable. I mean, it couldn't be that they just wanted to hang out in the vice president's office, right? What were they paying for? One source sends me this. One of the huge benefits the Chinese may well have paid for was then-Vice President Biden presiding over the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding, an MOU, on May 7, 2013, between our Public Company Accounting Oversight Board and the Chinese Regulatory Commission to waive federal auditing requirements for hundreds of Chinese companies listed on U.S. exchanges. Was that part of it? Thousands more traded in our markets, all in violation of U.S. federal securities laws. There are six specific decisions that Joe Biden made, either as vice president or president, that are very concerning to us, that we believe could potentially lead back to payments that were made to uh, these LLCs that were then laundered down to the Biden family members. So uh, you, you have to look at the number of the LLCs and look at the transactions and look at the limited bank records that we have to realize the great lengths to which this family went to try to uh, disguise the sender of the money and then deceive the IRS. So you know, when we hear about the, the Biden family lawyers are, are meeting with the DOJ to talk about a potential indictment of Hunter Biden, I want to be very clear, Maria. It would be impossible for the Department of Justice to just cherry pick Hunter Biden for an indictment and not do anything to the eight other Biden family members because they were essentially doing the same thing and receiving the same types of payments from our adversary around the world that Hunter Biden was doing. So they were trying to make it look like the numbers were lower because they were dispersing money to other family members. How many family members were involved? Right. Well, right now we have nine, but I believe in the end that number will be at least 12. I mean, this was the Biden family uh, influence peddling scheme. And, and you know, when people say, well, they were involved in ventures around the world, I haven't found a legitimate business on the Biden end, Maria. I found legitimate businesses that uh, that were paying the LLCs that were then turning around and laundering the money back to the Bidens, but I haven't found any legitimate business dealings on the Biden end. Uh, it looks like if there was a legitimate business dealing in any of these LLCs, it was influence peddling. And, you know, if you want to get technical and if you want to get uh, to a legal term, that's called being a foreign agent. They weren't registered as a foreign agent, and I'm sure the ethics laws would prevent immediate family members of high-ranking government officials from being foreign agents. Either way, this is bad. There are more laws that appear to me that have been broken than just tax evasion, and there are a lot more Bidens involved than just the president's son and his brother. Wow. So the lawyers for Hunter Biden meeting with the DOJ this upcoming week, do you expect Hunter Biden to get indicted? Do you expect other family members uh, to have a target on their back or not? Or will this DOJ just ignore it all? Well, they're in a pickle here, especially now with the IRS whistleblower. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason why Hunter Biden shouldn't have been indicted years ago, even before the, the last presidential election. But one of the challenges that I've learned that the Department of J, if there are any legitimate, serious people left in the DOJ that are really trying to do the right thing is, what do you do with this many family members of the president? I mean, there, there's not going to be anybody left for a Christmas picture uh, if the DOJ did their job and went 
in there and indicted everyone that, that has any type of uh, fingerprints involved in this influence peddling scheme. I mean, it's the entire family. Congressman, can you name the six decisions that Biden made, whether as vice president or as president, uh, that helped China so that we could better understand what he was doing for the money he was being paid? Well, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, we hope to have a press conference very soon to update the, the American people. And if anyone in the mainstream media is, is going to really care about it, uh, we have a lot of new information. Those six decisions are going to be involved in, in more investigations. I think some of them that the American people know about, some of them have been out there for a long time. But there are some new ones that I think uh, ha have just popped on our radar screen here lately. Again, there's no reason. And there's no explanation for this family to receive this many suspicious wires from adversaries around the world if Joe Biden weren't directly involved in some type of decision making. Because I am confident that these people who are wiring the Bidens were expecting to get a return on their investment. And there isn't a single one of those family members that had the ability to do anything uh, to influence foreign policy other than uh, the big guy, Joe Biden. So is that the reason he's so soft on China? We, it, you know, the surveillance balloon was met with no response, the origins of COVID-19, no investigation. Is this the reason? Nothing on COVID, nothing on TikTok, nothing on the spy balloon. Uh, China continues to steal our intellectual property. They continue to manipulate our currency. Uh, they're buying uh, uh, companies around the world that are a, a problem for us from a national security standpoint. And yet this president does nothing about China. It, it makes you wonder. Maria, whether or not he is in fact compromised because of the millions of dollars his family's already taken in from the Chinese Communist Party. All right, we're going to be continue to watch your investigation, sir. We so appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. That's James Comer with Maria Bartiromo. What a good interview. And yeah, it was. a lot of people say, you know, Bill, um, well, why did the whistleblower wait so long to come out? Why didn't he come out like a year and a half ago? And I think it's because he probably knew when the Democrats ran the House that nothing good would happen to him, meaning he would ha it would not be a warm reception to his whistleblowing, and he would be shoved aside and possibly, uh, you know, run out of town. I'll just put it that way. And or have some bad luck fall upon him, you know. Yeah. Just blue ice fall yeah. from a plane. And uh, yeah, he never hit him. Yeah, so uh, I think that's why uh, the wait. I do think that uh, it's going to be an interesting time. Now, I hope Congress doesn't spend the next year and a half uh, just talking about this stuff. I mean, what the people need to see is some kind of resolution. Um, Bill Hammer talked with uh, Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina on the All same right. topic. Listen. So there are two stories really run in parallel this week. Uh, one is the laptop story. We'll see where that goes with yeah. these intel officials. And the other is what you're talking about here. Yeah. And this uh, IRS whistleblower, the attorney for that whistleblower, uh, was talking with Brett last night on a special report. My client wants to come forward. He's not a political person. He's not a social media person. He's not coming here with a political agenda. He's been at the IRS for a long time. He's been at the IRS for more than 10 years, uh, as, and now he's a supervisory special agent. My client's a career law enforcement officer who uh, is respected within the IRS, and he teaches other agents how to properly do investigations. So he's been at the IRS for 10 years. We know that now. And apparently he decided he could not live with himself by keeping this 
information private. If he goes public, that's going to be a hearing to watch. Right, and, and, and I believe it too. This whistleblower is putting everything on the line to provide the American people with this information. It should be investigated to the fullest extent of the law. When the left says that no one is above the law, the American people deserve the right to put have them put their money where their mouth is, whether it's a current or former president or their family. This should be investigated, and we need more information. We only looked at the SARS reports for two Biden family members. Well, there are several more Biden family members that when are you were involved. at the Treasury, you yes, only looked at two? More than, yeah, and then we found more Biden family members involved, more shell companies, mm -hmm. the sources of the funds being unknown, where they're going unknown, uh, and why they were paid for. And the numbers are astronomical. Wow. I mean, it's it's crazy. And yet, I, I'm very much a centrist. I'm right of center, left of center, depending on the issue. And I've seen this with my own eyes. It's not a conspiracy theory. Got this it. is real. Is it, you got to ask yourself, if this were Donald Trump, um, would it be at this level of importance? Or would it be all over the front page uh, banner headlines in the New York Times, the Washington Post? Would they be on this like a, a dog and a bone? Well, I think like a dog and a bone. It would be banner headlines. I think uh, it would uh, interrupt all the newscast. They would even have uh, those trucks with the big lights, that, you know, that shine in the, the sky. Klieg, like, the Klieg uh, lights. They used to, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Klieg lights, you know, yeah. like it's a Hollywood premiere. <laughs> yeah. It would be the biggest thing since the, the second coming of Christ. You yes, know? yep. Um, it, it's to be seen whether this thing takes off. It should. I mean, they had nothing on Donald Trump, and they in, impeached him twice. I really think, though, you're, you're, you're about to see a major piece of news, a major disaster, something that will reshift the focus oh. away from this, <laughs> at which point in time they will sit there yes. and sweep this away or something will come up or they'll just try to ignore it. They're trying right now to uh, use the, um, what is it, uh, uh, Amendment 14, Section 3, uh, to uh, say wow. that... Well, Trump's an insurrectionist, so he's a treasonist. So that means that he cannot ever run again, and that's a that's a gross misinterpretation. Yeah. Number one, uh, even if you call January sixth an insurrection, or insurrection, which it was not, right? He didn't head it up. There's no proof of that. It's you saying that the left, and you, let's be honest, you know, you can sit there and lie all you want to. The facts are totally against uh, stacked against you you made an interesting you know, point be before we did the show you, you said that they're trying to make it sound like uh, uh, if anyone supported Trump if anybody voted for Trump that they could be considered an insurrectionist too for supporting for supporting the the insurrectionists so right. anybody if, that's engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort, to the enemies thereof. So that This is right from the Constitution, you. what you just read. So they're trying to take Bill, and reinterpret that you were just, section You were just reading that from the Constitution. We should right. point that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So what they're trying to do is reinterpret that because what they want to do is not only do they want to sit there and take this insurrection, and that's why it's important for you to stand up and say this was not an insurrection, and you stand up and be yes. very vocal yes. and adamant about it because... They're not only take, trying to take Trump down and say, well, he's an enemy of the yes. state. Oh, by the way, the fact that you voted for him and you knew because we told you that it was an insurrection, that means that you're an enemy of the state too. And what can they do to an enemy of the state? Every time this guy gets up on a platform, Biden I'm talking about, 
especially recently, he usually tries to insert something derogatory about MAGA. He -hmm. tries to make MAGA a negative adjective. He tries to make it sound like like Nazi, okay? Here's my suggestion. Be MAGA and be proud and let them know that MAGA is bigger than Bidenism. You know, or well, AOCism. The guy, the guy is a crook. Okay, the guy. Forget the fact that I think the election was stolen. That's just me. That's my opinion. And I come from a, a time when opinions were uh, like uh, like derrieres. Everybody had one. Okay, we all have a, a, a right for an, an opinion. Of course, nowadays uh, in social media, they blackball you for having that opinion, but. You know, we we give it a shot anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the election was tampered with, and I think it was a fraudulent election. But that aside, you know, we've had Biden for two years. We're heading we're heading towards the uh, the next turn. Before you know it, the race this race will be over, uh, and uh, he's done some incredible damage to our country. Whether you whether you would like to believe it or not, I mean, just look at the southern border. I mean, look at New York. You know, I. I <laughs> I played some audio recently from Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. At first, he was welcoming the illegals into New York. Oh, welcome to our city. You found a a city of sanctuary. He was so happy. Now, there's audio out there from last week where Adams is saying, the federal government is killing us. Uh, We can't take this anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I I just, uh, you have to smile. You have to smile, otherwise you'd cry, you know? You know, one of the things that uh, the Democrats and Biden is losing is the support of the minorities, whether they be black, whether they be Hispanic. And uh, I don't know. Now, I can't talk for all the minorities, but let's talk about those two right there. And, of course, he's trying to build bridges to the LGBTQ community by making it a big deal. Now, he's announcing his candidacy tomorrow. Now, the interesting thing is he's uh, he's already picked. Uh, who is going to, uh, you know, head up the his running for president, and that is Julie Chavez Rodriguez. Now, I don't know really anything about her. Seems like a nice lady. I don't know her background, so I'm not going to cast judgment. But I am going to say this. Is she getting the job because she really is qualified for it? And she could be. Yeah. Or is she getting the job because of her heritage and well let's look at the biden administration that's a very good question look at the biden administration did they pick rachel levine to be the undersecretary of uh, health because rachel levine is the most qualified doctor or because rachel levine is a transgender somebody who maybe joe thought she looked good in the job he was he was he was richard levine four years ago he has kids and a wife but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything to the left. Okay, then was uh, was Sam Brinson, the guy who loves the scarlet dresses and high heels and luggage uh, at airports, was he the most qualified person to be the Undersecretary of Energy? Well, that's a good question. I don't think so. Uh, how about uh, I mean the list goes on and on. How about Mayorkas? Is Mayorkas the best guy to to protect our homeland? Is he the best Homeland Security director? Come on. I well, mean, you've, you've made my case in point there about that. Now, I do have a question and because, okay. because there's another candidate for, um, for uh, you know, the Democratic presidency. Cause, and, and you're looking at Joe, 
Are we going to sit there and put up with Kamala one more time? What would happen? Now, we recommended, mm-hmm. or you actually recommended, that maybe Trump ought to re- reach across because he would fit, and that's Robert F. Kennedy. What would happen if Joe went to him and Robert F. said, yeah, sure. Well, first of all, you're never going to see Joe and Robert get together. I'll tell you why. Because Robert is blatantly anti-Biden. I mean, well, so was okay. so was Kamala supposedly. See, I don't trust anybody but, anymore. I think he's a good guy, but you don't know. Well, I I just think that uh, it's a different situation. I think that Kennedy isn't as ambitious to be president as Carmela was. Carmela, I think she would have uh, done just about anything to be where she is today. I mean, she's there now, and that's all she wanted was the job. She didn't want mm-hmm. to do the job. She just wanted the job. I mean, every time she makes a public appearance, she ad-libs an answer or a script, and she's out in left field somewhere. You know, the, you, you mentioned Robert F. Kennedy over the weekend. Uh, they asked him about, uh, are you concerned about running for the presidency, considering what happened to your uncle right. and uh, your father? Physical risk, as, as your father and, and your uncle knew. Um, I don't like to be morbid about these things, so I apologize in advance for even asking this. Do you think of that? I don't really. I mean, I mean I'm clearly aware of that risk, but there's things uh, that I'm much more frightened of than, you know, uh, than death, for example. Um, I'm much more frightened of losing my constitutional rights and of America losing its democracy. And there was a whole generation of Americans in 1776 who put their lives on the line to give us this constitution, who put their property on the line, and we're watching the constitution being taken away from us, and uh, we have to be willing to take risks. You know, I think he's a smart guy. I I think so, too. I don't know whether we live in a society or a time when somebody who has that ailment that he has, the spasmodic dysphoria or whatever it's called, it's where his stomach, the diaphragm, quivers, and it gives you, it almost sounds like an old lady. How are you doing there, Bunky? That, and I'm not making fun of him. Please understand that. He, he has to be very much aware of this. And I think that he'd be a target uh, for the late night shows and, and uh, things like that. And I think you'll see that. I, they will pull no punches because Biden is that kind of guy. He's going to try to diminish uh, Joe Kennedy. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, well, Robert, Robert Kennedy. Well, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Is Biden a Hillary? Because you know what she does to her opponents. Well, I think, they're, her, I think they're, from the, they're from the same school, yeah. I, I do well, think then, that. you know, he doesn't worry about but, what was asked about. But but something interesting happened, Bill. All right. And I, and I, I, was, I couldn't help but I'm going to play you the clip. Um, we just heard from Robert F. Kennedy, Jr., if anything, he's bringing the Kennedy name back into the political arena. If if anything, he's making the Kennedy name part of the 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 argue, the, uh, the landscape again. Do you know? Right. Just by being back in the mix. Then last night, uh, Mark Levin interviewed President Trump, and he asked President Trump. Mark Levin asked President Trump about JFK Jr. So I, I had a very good relationship with him for some reason. I mean, we were different in terms of philosophy, but at that time it didn't matter that much. I was a real estate developer primarily, and 
I did him a favor. It wasn't such a big thing, but to him it was a big thing. I was able to help him on something. And for some reason he really liked it. It was quite important to him. To somebody else I'd say maybe it wasn't that important. But it had to do with his family and I helped him. And he was very loyal in that sense. And I got along with him very, very well. Um, and, you know, he, had, he went on to have a lot of problems. I would have said he would have been president someday, but the Chappaquiddick was terrible and, you know, went through a lot. But I got to know him primarily because of Palm Beach and, and a little bit Washington, although I wasn't a Washington person. Uh, I got to know John Kennedy very well. John John, uh, fantastic. I think he would have been president. I think he was, you know, he was selling. He had a magazine named George. And, he was going to be selling that. He wanted to get out. His mother wanted him to go into politics really strongly. He wanted to be an actor. And he loved the concept of being an actor. And he was a handsome guy, a very handsome guy. And I think he probably would have been good at whatever he wanted to do. He was with Caroline. Caroline. He just, uh, I knew him before he got married, after he got married. They fought like cats and dogs, but they loved each other. This was a uh, different than your relationship with your beautiful wife. But they fought. And then I'd say, this isn't going to work out. And then you'd see him hugging and kissing, right? So, you know, they had a ra rather volatile relationship, as the expression goes. But, uh, but it was fine. It worked. And then they got onto that plane, and it was just a disaster. But he would have, uh, he was getting ready to, I think he would have run for the Senate from New York or someplace, but probably New York. He wanted to do it. And he was, he was all set for that. And his mother really wanted him to do that. And... You know, had a great look, handsome, very handsome, very handsome guy at the top of the top of the line, really. And I think he probably would have done well, and he would have gone on. He probably would have been president. I think he would have been president. You know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but there is a uh, train rumor. A rumor. You, have you heard the rumor, Bill? I'll let you. I'll that let, uh, yeah, that uh, that he's still alive. He didn't die in that plane crash, which makes you kind of wonder. And Trump was very, very compliment. Uh, he was compl uh, he's, he complimentary. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he he speaks highly of him. Yeah, and even with a relationship, because we've all had rocky roads in our relationships. For most of us, have if you haven't, you're lying. Um, but you have, you know, and that he pointed that, that out. But he said they were in love with each other. Well, that rumor, oh. which I think is interesting. Um, that rumor, the part of the the thought is that he was in danger in 1999. I'm, I'm talking about uh, JFK Jr. That people realized where he was going and how strong he was going to be, and his philosophy. He kind of thought like his father thought. You know, uh, his father was an old school Democrat who today probably would have been a new school Republican, probably a MAGA Republican. Uh, Kennedy was for uh, a strong army, strong defense, a homeland. He didn't like wars. He wanted to get out of Vietnam. As a matter of fact, uh, JFK had planned on getting out of Vietnam in 1965. He mm -hmm. His plan was to get out. And when, J, when LBJ became president, he canceled those orders. And and, mm -hmm. and 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 he beefed up the war in Vietnam because that's what they say the uh, arms uh, industry wanted. They were making billions of dollars, folks, in that war. I mean, and what? Who needs to make money right now? 
the arms industry. So, you know, yeah. kind of got to wonder about Well, it. you know, the, the other thing is this. So people say, well, why would, J, why would JFK Jr. be brought up in the whole, you know, the storyline again? There's a rumor going out there that he's going to make an appearance again. <laughs> I know. How I'm just, that, one's, that boy talking about a, a movie script. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you the rumor, okay? Because a lot of our audience has never heard this stuff, and they're going, hmm, that's kind of crazy. I mean, there was a plane crash and everything. Folks, what I've learned and what you should have learned over the last 20 or 30 years is just about anything can be faked. Okay, mm-hmm. I will just leave it at that. Just about anything can be faked. If you want to make something happen and make it look like it's real, it can be done. I'll just leave it. So I'm not what gonna is go- may not be what is. It could be something else entirely. Yeah. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Now, I thought the interesting thing was that why would Levin bring up JFK Jr. in this political conversation one on one? Exactly. Uh, on his show. Why bring him into the storyline? And, you know, Ken, Trump did a eloquent uh, description of their relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it's talked about in the news, and they were talking about how uh, Levin was all gushy-mouthed and eyed. Well, Levin was, well, he is an attorney. Right. And he worked in the White House. And yep. he's got roots in the White House of doing it. So he knows a lot more than you might think that he knows. Yeah. Yep. And let me tell you something. Levin is not a gushy mushy kind of guy. He's no, just not. He is not. He if if he thinks you're blowing smoke, uh, he'll tell you. He'll tell you. No matter who you are. He wouldn't have sat there across from President Trump and let him blow smoke if he thought that he was doing that. He would have called him on it and he didn't it was an interesting conversation so my question is if jfk were to reappear and and he would have a good reason to reappear and he would have a terrific explanation to the public as to why he did what he did i'm sure that the people who are listening and paying attention would understand why why the drama why the disappearance there's a storyline here maybe his life was in danger And, you know, there's something interesting about the Kennedy name. Now, I've never, and I'll be honest, I don't idealize anybody. Who's your favorite actress? Who's your favorite singer and all that stuff? Yeah. I've never done that. I mean, if I'm pushed, I'll, I'll come up with something. But I'm sorry, I've never been into that. But with that said, you know, I go to Boston a lot. Right. Now, it's not just Boston, but... I've run in this. Uh, I've ran and I've run into it down in Florida when I've been down there mm-hmm. uh, on business down in in uh, we called it the fishbowl and uh, uh, down in Fort Lauderdale. There's a place, the old AT and T building. But uh, anyway, uh, there are women there that sit there and to this day go, you know, if a Kennedy ran, uh, I don't know much about politics. I'm an independent, but I still like the Kennedys because. They are almost our royal family, and I don't like to say even that. I have to tell you, but I, I'm running into that a lot know, these days because of the Kennedy name. And and if you have watched um, the rallies, the Trump rallies, every so often, there's a guy. The camera will show a guy, and he usually wears like a, fed, a fedora hat, sunglasses. And he's unshaven and. Uh, he looks to me like he has uh, maybe some prosthetics on to give him 
a slightly different appearance. But many people will say that that is JFK. And one night I saw them pan to his his right, camera left, his right. And about mm-hmm. two seats over was somebody who looked very much like his wife, Caroline, who was supposedly on the plane with him too. Now, I'm, I'm just telling you folks the storyline here. There is a, a strong belief that... Uh, that he may be still with us, you know, and right. maybe, maybe it's just wishful thinking on the part of people who love the guy or thought he was a, a terrific guy. Maybe, who knows, but it it is a storyline that hasn't diminished. It's still out there. So, and, and we'll, I guess we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, we're running short on time, and I wanted to play something else before we, uh, we, bid, right. we bid adieu. You like that? That's uh, French. You like that? Yeah, hey, thank, you thank know, you you're a man much. of uh, many, many tongues. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Yeah, hey. I, I got to play this for you. You know, you know Bud Light is running into a, a lot of uh, problems. Over, oh, yeah, they're yeah. trying to, yeah, uh, I, they, know, I know. So they came out with a brand new pro-America commercial. This is something. It says which, nothing, but yeah, oh, it's, it's, a, but it's a good commercial, I will I say. I mean, it's that, pretty it's, and it's, 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 it's dramatic. It's classic yeah, Budweiser, I mean, you know, but it says nothing because well, this what do you say after that, you know, fiasco? that uh, went on with uh, Mulvaney. And basically, you got this huge Clydesdale horse running around America with with nobody nobody on the horse, nobody holding the reins. It's just running through the streets and over the deserts and stuff like that. It's really quite quite wonderful. Joe Rogan and his cohort uh, had some comments about this. Well, let me set one thing up with Uh Rogan. Okay. He actually had no problem with the Mulvaney thing, and I think that's where he's confused and the LGBT community is confused. Nobody has a problem with the fact that you can be whatever gender you want. You can be whatever. I think think Rogan was saying, hey, it's just beer. Yeah, he was. You know, and, and I get that, but that's not what that commercial was about, no. whether it was a TikTok message or anything. They were shoving transgenderism yes. in our face as, yes. you know, uh, it, it, they took it to a whole different level. Yes, they did. and Beyond uh, the norm. Now, I have to right up front tell you that uh, you're going to hear a lot of beeping in it because I, I had to censor out some of the naughty words. <laughs> Oh, I thought we, maybe you had a garbage no, truck outside backing up. <laughs> well, you're going to hear just about that many beeps. But <laughs> the, the thing is, uh, we don't uh, – look, we're grown men. We've heard the words before, but we do our show with the idea that maybe you're in a car with children, and we don't want to offend anybody. So we take those naughty words out. But you'll hear a few beeps, trust me. This is Joe Rogan and his partner talking about the brand new Bud Light commercial. Bro, you got to watch this Bud Light commercial. This new Bud Light commercial. Find the new it's Bud just, Light commercial. It's, this fun. Is like it's the, the dumbest pro-America rah-rah. It's so stupid and cliche. It, it hurts my feelings. It's so dumb. Listen to this. <laughs> this is a company in deep bro. <laughs> and they make things like this. Look, you got the prairies, the ocean. You got a Clydesdale running down the street. story. Oh, about a beer <laughs> in the heart of America, found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract. <laughs> what the f- are 
stuff like that and give their opinions about stuff like that then everybody knows who you are so you can't just make this commercial like where's this coming from right. was this ai generated that's probably a chat gpt 4.0 version of the perfect american commercial <laughs> that's really what it is that didn't have nothing to do with drinking bud light either by the way that was like that made me want to move to montana like you want to be in the mountains and see the dust and <laughs> but that's the, the dumbest commercial of all time <laughs> You know, it's hard to uh, argue with uh, Joe in that he's, he gets paid like $100 million a year for his contract. Now, Joe Rogan's got a great deal with Spotify. And I, I'm not sure I understand why, because he essentially we do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Uh, I think he's missing. Now, is, is the commercial empty on substance? Yeah, it is. They're trying to build, they're trying to rebuild the brand that got tore down in just a few short weeks. And they're doing it on imagery, and that's yeah. all there is. They want what, to, they what, want to get rid of that. You know what they got to say, imagery. Bill? Truly, Budweiser's got to come out and do a spot that says, "Hey, America, we love you, and we may have made a mis- and friends make mistakes. Can't do that, but they got to do, do that. They have to do it, or the they brand's can't, shot. Because then they're picking sides. They cannot sit there. No, 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 no. From no, a company's no. point well, of so view, it, but no, 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 no. They can. I'll tell you why. Because the transgender population is like a minuscule part. I'm talking about a f- fractional part of our country. I mean, I know we hear a lot about it, yeah. but the fact is it's only like a fifth of a 1%. It's not a big part of our country. They, their audience, their market rather, is a massive part of our country. You know, they, they can come out and say, you know, friends make mistakes it happens all the time. Well, that's kind of maybe the way you go. Friends make mistakes. You don't belittle the LGBTQ no, 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 no. community. You have to sit there and say, you know, yeah, you know what? Uh, we made a mistake, but I don't know that I would. I come from a school where you, you never admit you made a mistake. You have to. But what you, well, you can do it a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do a commercial that sets up where you take the burly guy who's sitting at the bar and you take the other guy, you know, and you sit there, but you find the common ground, you know? And yeah, the guy I, goes, I, I think, I think in this, in this world, we live it's a in a tough to, one to call bill in this world today. We live in, I think you have, they've got to be more specific. It's they, I know that I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. And I don't think it's wrong in that, you know, you don't, you don't admit to a mistake, but it is such a glaring and obvious mistake that the world knows about that to ignore it. I mean, for example, the chairman of the board came out last week and essentially apologized, but didn't. 
He essentially, well, how about wait, this? he essentially apologized, but didn't. And everybody picked up on the fact that he didn't really apologize. And all I'm saying is that maybe they should come out and say, hey, America, we make great beer. And you know it because we've been friends for a long time. And sometimes friends make mistakes. And if we offended you, we're sorry. I mean, literally, well, you know, they should come out. Yeah. They actually had not only offended us, they offended the LGBTQ community in a way, too. So maybe the commercial should go that, you know, it is the LGBTQ person, a different person than Mulvaney, that is more of a, a crot that says you made a mistake, but we can still appreciate a good beer together. Well, I don't think I, I think I would be. See, I'm being, I, I don't I'm, know. That, I'm this being, is a deep hole. I'm being more general than you are. You're being more specific. I'm saying if we offended you, we're sorry. We'll be more conscious of your, you know, we'll be, we'll be more aware well, of our position in in our in our society. I mean, you don't have to come out and say if we made a mistake by having a transgender spokesman. That's you, you can't say you, that was a mistake. But you can say if we made a mistake and friends make mistakes and we offended you, we're sorry. And we're not gonna. We're gonna try better next time. That's the kind of thing they've they've got to come out and say. And they they didn't do it in that that horse commercial. I mean, well, let's let's, let's back that commercial up. Actually, they're influencers. Uh, they get spotlighted by Budweiser all the time. The influencers, you know, in this particular case, happen to be the guy that uh, you know they they took and, and and turned into the spotlight for his transition into womanhood. Great. But you had a young marketer that said, oh, we got to change this whole thing. And that's where the train went off the track and they allowed it. And, you know, they're, you know? they're trying to blame this young woman who made this terrible mistake, marketing mistake. You know, she it has was a big, she, big mistake. She has all of the credentials. She's a Harvard grad. She's a brilliant woman. That doesn't you know, mean crap. It, it doesn't. I blame the, the chairman of the board for hiring her because he should have been aware when he was picking the right person for the marketing job, he should have said, I want the best marketer in the country to market our beer. I don't want somebody who's going to fill a, uh, 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 an agenda. You know, uh, we have to have a woman How in this position. How do you position. know that, though, when you're hiring? You, you've got to have... You've got to have people in place, let alone well, you sit there and watch over your people. And when you oh, see somebody marching out a lot, it needs, if you're, you're the top person, you, you need remember, to know. You remember Lee Iacocca? Yeah. Yeah. Lee Iacocca ran Chrysler, right? He also yeah. was the guy who designed the Ford Mustang. Lee Iacocca was a brilliant chairman. Do you think he would have spent five minutes looking at somebody who had an agenda to be his marketing person. He knew who a, gr a great marketer was because he was a great marketer. So he was looking for somebody who shared his views. But yeah, the problem that you had with Lee Iacocca and now Lee Iacocca, uh, let's be honest, he inherited the, the Chrysler, you know, Chrysler. It was a company that was so far in debt and had such Awful. a, they were using frames that came from the fifties, you know, and it's like, yeah. I remember a guy going, <laughs> yeah, I, I went and applied for credit to get a, a Chrysler and they turned me down. They turned me down <laughs> and they were the joke of, but yeah. for, uh, he came in and fixed it. Yeah. And I, so I, he, he had a vision, uh, Budweiser, Bud Light did not have to be fixed and Bud Light has been the butt of a lot of jokes going all the way back to uh, the Challenger. And she, I'm not going to repeat she, the joke. She, she truly uh, 
is like many a program director I've worked with. I've had the pleasure to work on some great radio stations, number one radio stations, and I, it always amazed me that they would hire a program manager who would come in, and the first thing he thinks he has to do is fix it. it. He has to fix something that's not broken. And I would say he wants to make or he or she wants to make their mark. Yeah. And the best way you can make a mark when you when you have a winning brand, you 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 act you know, you you check everything to make sure everything is working right, but you leave it alone and you let it succeed on its own. Sometimes some brands are an enigma. And when I say enigma means they do well in spite of themselves. Don't stand in front of a good thing. That's true. Hey, listen, we could go on and on, my friend, because we hey, like, if you got we, an opinion we, on it, we like to you can talk. always send mail. That's true. Uh, what's the email address, Bill? Uh, it's mail at itsanotherday.com. And, of course, there's a phone number. You can go and leave a message there because, obviously, everybody's going to have a say. Yeah, 833-538-7868 is the phone number, 833-538-7868. Been a fun show, it really has. As a matter of fact, yeah, this it's one, interesting. This is a little long, but hey, what the heck? What's a few uh, extra you minutes? Know, there's nobody judging us for the time, no, so. <laughs> except for the timekeeper. Anyway, yeah, uh, well, you know, uh, we can get over it. Tomorrow should be an equally interesting program because a lot of stuff is happening, and it's only the beginning of the week. Uh, we're going to hear more, I'm sure, about Biden and his crime uh, family, and uh, more about that phony ad and uh, goodness knows we may hear more about jfk jr and donald trump who knows but uh you will if you join us tomorrow morning right here in this very same device this very same device that's right if you listen to this well, very what same if device i want to use somebody else's phone well, if, if you, you if you use somebody else's phone and computer that might work too as long as they give me permission. You know. That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing because I don't want no cop showing up halfway through the podcast and I don't know how it ends. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good my, thing. Yeah. My, my, we, you know, you never know. Those two idiots might be giving away a million bucks about three quarters of the way through it. I didn't hear it to win it. <laughs> Goodbye, Bill. See ya. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>